Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Cincinnati, Ohio with my new friend Rick Pender of rickpenderwrites.com. Rick moved to Cincinnati in 1980 for a job covering the arts, and he fell in love with the city's fascinating history and rich cultural scene. In this episode, Rick and I talk about watching the Riverfest fireworks, attending ballet at the Civic Music Hall, and riding coasters at Kings Island Amusement Park. Hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Cincinnati. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Indulge in the timeless production of O by Cirque du Soleil, an aquatic tapestry of artistry, surrealism, and theatrical romance performed in, on, and above the water. Intermission is over, now performing only at Bellagio Las Vegas. Buy tickets now at CirqueDuSoleil.com forward slash O, or learn how to enter to win one of three pairs of tickets by visiting today's show notes. Hey, Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. For sure. So uh, when Reedy Press introduced us, I was super happy to be able to talk to you because I'm a big fan of baseball, and so was my dad. And I actually bought a brick for the Cincinnati Red Stadium. And it, it was really interesting to, to hear that you actually live right across the street from the stadium. More or less. I can see it out my window here. Oh, that's so cool. So what's your connection to Cincinnati? Well, my connection is that I moved here about 40 years ago. I'm originally from Northeast Ohio, but I came to Cincinnati for a job and uh, have been here for 40 years. So I love the place. The job that brought me here was uh, working for our classical music NPR radio station. So I immediately got to learn a lot about the arts. And uh, that's a big piece of what has kept me in love with this city. That's so fascinating. I mean, when people think of like the classical arts and stuff like that, Cincinnati probably isn't one of the, the main cities people think about. But what is it so special about Cincinnati with the, with the arts and everything that makes it such a, such a hub that way? city punches above its weight when it comes to cultural institutions. I mean, people come here and they say, I had no idea that your opera, your symphony, your theaters, they're, they're as good as theaters that I could find in Chicago or New York City. And I think it's true. I mean, I'm not being a homer about this since I'm since I'm really not from here, but it's it's really true. The city also is a nice size. It's easy to get around. It's pretty accessible. Parking is never an immense challenge when you go to events, sporting events or cultural events. So, you know, it's just an easy place to live. And I guess the other thing that I think is that it's a beautiful city. We sit right on the Ohio River. We're in a beautiful river valley. And uh, it's a very hilly place. A lot of people think, oh, it's Ohio. It's going to be flat. Not at all. The river carved out a valley and lots of hills. So it's a really interesting city from a geographical perspective. Oh, wow. That sounds very pretty. So uh, when talking about the the weather and the river and everything else like that, what's the weather like in, in Cincinnati? Well, we are a four-season area still. We're right on the Ohio-Kentucky border, so the Ohio River is the Mason-Dixon line. But we are uh, in southern Ohio. It's a four-season place, but we don't get bitter winters like they do up in the northern part of the state. The best times of year to be here are in the spring and the fall when it's beautiful, when the greenery is coming back or the, the fall colors are here. Summers tend to be 
hot and humid. The river valley holds humidity in, so it can be hot and humid here. And the wintertime, it's cold. We get some snow, but never uh, that makes everything impassable. So really any time of year is okay for a visit, but the prettiest times of year are in the spring and the fall. Oh, that sounds awesome. Now, as far as if people are planning their visit to Cincinnati, I'm sure there's certain festivals and like fairs and, and different concerts, things like that, that happen throughout the year. What are some of your favorites that people maybe want to plan their trip around? Well, one that speaks very much to the character of the city is that we have a big Oktoberfest celebration every year in the latter part of September, very much modeled on Oktoberfest from Munich, Germany. Our German population here is quite significant. We have a really large proportion of our population that have descended from German immigrants. So it's sort of like on St. Patrick's Day when everybody's Irish. Well, during Oktoberfest, everybody's German. (laughs) They want to drink German beer. They want to do the chicken dance. They want to do all of those kinds of things. We have this big festival. It apparently is the second largest Oktoberfest in the world, second only to the one that happens in Munich, Germany, which was the original one. So it runs over a weekend in September. The other thing that I would mention also happens in September, and that is our uh, annual Riverfest fireworks celebration. That always happens on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. They put barges uh, out on the Ohio River and shoot off about a half an hour's worth of fireworks to a musical score that one of our rock and roll stations puts together. And people line the riverbanks on both the Ohio and the Kentucky side to watch. The estimates are usually that it's 500 or 600,000 people who turn out for that festival. So it's called Riverfest. It's really a great deal of fun. Wow, that sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> well, as far as like uh, Oktoberfest and everything, you know, I've been wanting to go there to the Germany the last few years, haven't been able to make it, but certainly driving or flying to Cincinnati sounds like a, something very feasible to do and probably a lot cheaper you think than flying all the way to Germany as well. Yes. Like yeah. I'm in, I'm in Nashville. So, you know, I, I'm still getting used to like being in Nashville where like you can drive an hour and a half and be in different States, you know, but from here to Nashville to Cincinnati, it's probably only four or five hours. I would imagine. Yeah, I would say that's about right. I can say in Cincinnati, you can drive to two other States in about five minutes because we're right across the river from Kentucky. And then part of the area is the, are a couple of counties in Southeastern Indiana. So we're really a tri-state area here. Oh, that's fantastic. So, okay. So not everybody's going to be like me and can easily drive over there. Uh, If we're going to fly to Cincinnati, say from like my old home in in, uh, Southern California or anywhere else across the U.S. or even internationally, where would they fly into? Is there there a major airport there in Cincinnati? We have an international airport here. The code for it is CVG. And that's a tip to where it's located, actually, because it's in Kentucky, not in Ohio, and it's not far from Covington, Kentucky. So those the C and the V and the G are all letters in Covington. It's about 15 miles south of the downtown area, but it's right on interstate highways, and the drive into the city doesn't take more than about 20 minutes under normal traffic conditions. And we have lots of airlines here, Delta and Southwest American or all here. And uh, there are some other smaller airlines too uh, with the cheaper airfares. Oh, good, good. Okay. Say we're flying into into Covington there. uh, And then from there, we're going to get into the city. Is there public transportation? Do we rent a car? Like what's the best way to get around? 
you're probably, to get into the city, going to want to take a shuttle uh, or a taxi from the airport. And uh, the rideshare stuff, Uber and Lyft, uh, also will pick people up there. Uh, there's no not any other kind of public transportation there. Although the Northern Kentucky Bus Service, it's called TANK, that's the Transit Authority of Northern Kentucky. They don't use tanks, it's really buses. But they do have a bus route that goes out there and drops you downtown, but it's also a local bus route. So it's kind of laborious. And I think anybody traveling would want to get downtown faster than that. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for public transportation, but if it's stopping every two minutes, it's going to take a long long time. Okay. Well, cool. So say we take a shuttle or Uber or whatever to get into the downtown area. From there, is it very walkable or do we need a a car when we get to get around or, or is there public transportation within the downtown area? Yeah, it would depend on the kind of things that you wanted to do. There's plenty to do right in the downtown area. And our downtown area is pretty compact. It's about a square mile. So it's very walkable. And there's some some really nice hotels right in the center of all of that. If you want to go any farther, and there are some attractions that you can drive to in, oh, I don't know, I'd say 20 minutes to a half an hour, then you'd want to rent a car. All right, that makes sense. When we're planning our visit and trying to figure out where we're going to stay, is there certain parts of the town where we should say, you know what, that's where you want to stay or maybe that's where you want to avoid? Where should we look at as far as booking our hotel? Well, I would say, given if you've not been here before, you're going to want to stay in downtown Cincinnati. There's a half a dozen hotels there from suite hotels to uh, some more historic structures. The one I like to mention is our uh, Cincinnati Netherland Hilton Hotel. It is a hotel that was built in 1930 with gorgeous Art Deco architecture. And uh, it has been modernized. It originally had 150 more rooms than it has now, uh, and they were kind of small. And so they did a renovation some years ago and made the rooms larger. But all of the gorgeous Art Deco details are still there. Beautiful restaurant called the Palm Court and Orchids. So it's great places to eat. And the hotel itself is, it's really, it's a work of art. It is a National Historic Landmark. Uh, so there aren't very many hotels that have that that qualification. So I would highly recommend that one. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it when, you know, when hotels kind of modernize the building. Like my favorite brand is Kimpton. And I think they actually, they have a Kimpton that's scheduled to come out to Cincinnati in like 2022 or 2023. But they're, they're very well known for like taking those historic buildings and, and retaining their character and modernizing it a little bit. And I'm glad Hilton did the same thing with uh, the Netherland Plaza. I think another one that's there is uh, 21C. They're, they're normally really good about doing the same thing with their, with their properties. They are a very interesting hotel. Um, and if you're interested in art, they are a great place to stop. They are not historic. In fact, they are very contemporary. And they often use contemporary art in a gallery that is either part of their lobby or an adjacent space. Uh, and the one that we have here is very much like that. And it happens to be right next door to our Contemporary Art Center, which is a museum-quality place that brings in exhibitions of, of very recently created art. So it's all right there to get to the CAC. You know, walk out the door of the hotel and turn right and around the corner, and you're right there. So it's a, it's a great place. But the hotel itself, it has a great restaurant called the Metropole, and it's uh, also right across the street from our Performing Arts Center. So if you happen to be here when one of the Broadway touring shows is coming, you're in the perfect location for that. 
Oh, fantastic. Okay, so now that we're there in town, we know where to stay. What are some of the things we should really be looking at doing? I know obviously going to a Reds game is uh, probably going to be high on the list. And right now we're recording and football season getting ready to start. So obviously the Bengals are on the list as well. High hopes for the Bengals. They've got a hot young quarterback, got injured last season, but he's due back and everybody's looking forward to, to him getting the team on the on a winning track. Well, for sure. And, and he has his receiver from LSU with him this year. So hopefully that connection will, will do really well for them. Yep. So uh, what are some of the other things we should do? I know obviously you're very big into the arts, uh, so I'm sure you have some great recommendations uh, along those lines. I'll make a couple of those. Uh, our greatest arts organizations actually all pretty much use one building, and that is Cincinnati Music Hall, which is uh, oh, a dozen blocks north of the, the downtown core uh, in the neighborhood called Over the Rhine. It is a historic building built in 1878, big concert hall, and it is the home for the Cincinnati Symphony, the Cincinnati Opera, our ballet company, and the Cincinnati May Festival, which is associated with the uh, symphony. It is an annual in May, as its name would indicate, choral festival. So a 150-voice chorus sings with the symphony over two weeks with about four or five different concerts. So that's uh, it is walkable or very easy to get to if you use Uber. Or uh, we have a modern streetcar that runs a loop around uh, through downtown and goes right up and uh, there's a stop right in front of Music Hall. And it's free. So it's very easy to get to uh, using one of those modes of transportation. If you stay downtown, uh, I mentioned the Contemporary Arts Center, definitely worth visiting. Another one is uh, just a few blocks away, a little closer to the river. It is called the Taft Museum of Art. It is uh, what was once a historic home. In fact, it just had its 200th anniversary. It's one of the oldest buildings in the city. And it was lived in uh, by a number of people through the 19th century, but eventually by a branch of the Taft family, Charles and Anna Taft. Charles was William Howard Taft's half-brother. William Howard was our 27th president and the 10th chief justice of the Supreme Court. So Taft connections are big here. When Charles and Anna were aging and passed in the uh, the 1920s, they bequeathed their the building to the city and their extensive world-class art collection. And so it is a house museum with a lot of the furnishings from, from their time there. And then this fabulous collection of art, which includes Rembrandt's and, you know, other well-known works of art by famous European and American artists. And it's very walkable from Fountain Square. The other thing that I like to point out to people are our parks. The Cincinnati City Parks are absolutely beautiful. And we have two that run right along the riverfront. One is called strangely enough, Riverfront Park. It has only been in full operation for about five years now uh, because they had to do some things because the river has tended to flood on occasion. And so they did some things to build up garages that they could then put buildings on top of. But the bank of the river itself is an absolutely gorgeous park with all kinds of Oh, exercise equipment, swings for kids to do, and beautiful, beautiful gardens. And if you travel just a little bit further east, you come to the 
Friendship Park. Friendship Park is uh, inspired by Cincinnati's seven sister cities, which are on various continents around the world, from Europe and Africa to uh, Asia and uh, so on. And various parts of the park have plantings in them that are inspired by things that would would grow in their various countries and cities. So it's another, it's also very, very walkable. Oh, that's awesome. I love those connections, uh, especially to those other cities. Now, you mentioned like uh, the parks as far as a good place for kids and everything. I, I normally travel a lot with my kids. Uh, what are some of the like, things that, that kids should do? I know there's, a, there's an amusement park that's there, obviously the zoo, those type of things. Kings Island is about uh, 25 miles north of the city, right on the interstate, I-71 that heads to the northeast out of the city. That draws many, many people, families. Uh, it's a big, big park. I mean, you could spend a couple of days experiencing all the rides. They're particularly known for their roller coasters. The other one uh, that I think I heard you mention there as you were suggesting this is our Cincinnati Zoo. Our zoo is another historic institution. Uh, It dates back to 1875. It is the second oldest zoo in the United States and is generally felt to be one of the the absolutely best zoos. They've created environments for the animals to be in. If you have a a young uh, son, you might want to go to the insect house because they've got all these bugs and things. (laughs) and look at and they have another one for nocturnal animals that you it's very dark but a lot of sort of glow in the dark kinds of things they have a wonderful uh, gorilla habitat there uh, just all sorts of things and in recent years they've been particularly famous because they had a baby hippo born there about four years ago and she's more or less fully grown her name is fiona and she's uh, quite a character a bit of a ham in her environment which is uh, <laughs> uh, it's got like a, a pool with sort of a glass wall that you can see her underwater and sometimes she comes right up to the window and appears to be smiling at everyone so. oh that's so amazing well it's funny you should mention my son he is a total city boy wants nothing to do with bugs but my daughter she loves bugs. Like if I point out a bug, she's right on it and picking it up. I'm like, well, I didn't tell you to pick it up. I just was pointing it out. So yeah, she, <laughs> she would absolutely love, uh, love that aspect of the zoo. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I know Cincinnati is known for is like some of the different types of foods and some of their amazing restaurants. What are some of your favorites? Well, one that I particularly like is called A Taste of Belgium. Sounds interesting for a city that has German roots, but it was started by a young man who was quite an entrepreneur. He came to the city about 10, 12 years ago from Belgium, actually came to the U.S. to earn a Ph.D. in economics. But he decided that as part of his project uh, for his degree, he wanted to think about a restaurant chain. And so his first step in that was to get a waffle cart that he took around to festivals he is built upon that, and now he has about a half a dozen restaurants called A Taste of Belgium. And his Belgian waffles, waffles and chicken, is a popular entree that they offer, and it's quite a good place. One of those is at the right adjacent to the, the Riverfront Park, so that's an easy one. Another one is right in the heart of the Over the Rhine neighborhood. Right on. Yeah, I mean, I, I read plenty of economics <laughs> textbooks when I was in college. I can definitely tell you the waffles and, and chicken are much better than economics textbooks. So <laughs> he made the right choice. He's doing very well. In fact, he's <laughs> actually also opened a restaurant in uh, in Columbus, Ohio. So he's really uh, built up a little bit of an empire here. We have lots of other kinds of food here. 
the food that perhaps Cincinnati is best known for is Cincinnati chili, which is an unusual, if you're a chili fan, you might not yet have experienced Cincinnati chili, which is more like a meaty spaghetti sauce that is served over spaghetti with uh, grated cheddar cheese on top of it. And if you wish, you can also add beans and or onions to it. It is something of an acquired taste. It has a, a set of Mediterranean spices, but we have about a half a dozen lines of uh, chili franchises locally. Skyline Chili is perhaps the best known, but we have Gold Star Chili and Empress Chili and several others, and a couple of independent chili parlors. That's what they're called, parlors, rather than fast food joints. They are all very popular. Some people say it's an acquired taste. You, at first, you think, oh, this is too weird, and then you try it and really like it, and then you want it once a week. So <laughs> it's, uh, I did not know much about it before I came to Cincinnati 40 years ago and now i'm a i'm a regular customer right on it sounds like with all those goodies uh, mixed in there you're going to bring your stretchy pants whenever you go whenever you go eat it yeah let me mention one more we have what many people believe is the world's best ice cream here a company called graders which has been uh, around since uh, 1875 also and they uh make ice cream with the best dark chocolate chips you've ever had. Their their best-selling flavor is a black raspberry chocolate chip ice cream. You don't have to take my word for it. At one point, they took some on Oprah Winfrey's show, and she tasted it and said it's the best ice cream she's ever tasted. And I suspect that Oprah Winfrey has tasted a lot of ice cream. So... Oh yeah, no, she's uh, she's definitely a foodie, you know. My wife is too, and like when you mentioned like the dark chocolate, like she's all about the dark chocolate, plus with a mixture of the raspberries. Next time I get in trouble, I'm gonna have to drive all the way up to Cincinnati just to go buy some of this ice cream and bring it back. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> you don't necessarily have to drive here. They will pack it in dry ice and ship it to you. Oh, that'd be good. I might need to keep some like on on reserve just in case. <laughs> I, I stick my foot in my mouth sometimes. <laughs> Rick, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Cincinnati. I was already planning on coming to visit, but now I'm even more ready to go. So uh, hopefully this baseball season or next, I'm going to come out there and, and come hang out with you and, and catch a game. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Cincinnati, where should they go and what should they eat? Well, I think that I would send them to the Moorline Lager House. It is uh, right next door to Great American Ballpark. And it is named for one of the great old Cincinnati brewers who were here. Most of those breweries went out of business during Prohibition, but uh, a lot of them have been revitalized. And we have a really uh, lively craft beer scene locally. And Christian Moorline was a German brewer in the 19th century, but now his name is being used on this really great place. It's called the Lager House. They do some brewing there. It's got a great view across the Ohio River, looking across at uh, at Covington, Kentucky, and you're right next door to the Great American Ballpark where the Reds play. So it's a it's a great stop, and it feels uh, rather uniquely Cincinnati, I guess I would say. Right on. What's your favorite meal when we go there, or what what should I order when I go there? I am a big fan of uh, Reuben sandwiches, and I think their Reuben is really excellent. Right on. Definitely going to write that down and take that note. So you've been in Cincinnati for 40 years or so. I'm sure you had some amazing experiences. Which one of your most memorable? I guess I would say that for me, since I was working at this uh, public radio station that broadcast classical music, we were right across the street from Cincinnati Music Hall. And the first time that I went to that hall 
to uh, see and listen to a concert, I was totally blown away. This hall at the time could seat about 3,500 people and it was uh, pretty full and they were playing some amazing classical music. It's about a hundred musician orchestra and it was such a, you know, just burned in my memory of uh, what a wonderful thing that was. And I've gone back repeatedly, but that first concert that I heard there has really stuck with me over the years. I should also mention about Music Hall, it's a beautiful place to visit. Another, It's interesting, not just because it's historical, but it's great architecture. And uh, it just underwent a big renovation about four years ago to the tune of $143 million. And uh, it is a real show place these days. That sounds fantastic. I, I'm, I understand and I appreciate like the art and everything like that. A lot of times is housing these buildings. But me, I love the architecture. I, I love being able to look at the building itself. And it's amazing that they were able to, to kind of resurrect it and, and make those improvements. So that's really cool that they did that. Well, when you come to town, we've got lots of great art. I'll, I'll show you around. I, I do a tour about our local architecture. So I'd be happy to talk to you about that. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. So speaking of happy times and good memories and everything, where's the happiest happy hour in Cincinnati? The one that I like to point people to, at first glance, they might think it's a little strange. It's called Taft's Ale House. It is a, another small brewery that happens to be in an old church that was turned into a, you know, a place where they would do craft brewing. It's not kind of a sports bar, uh, but it still has all the touches of a, of a church. And they call it Taft's Ale House because Taft is famous here. And some of the decor is themed on decor from his birthplace, which is uh, about two miles north of the downtown area. A lot of their beers are uh, themed on the Taft name. They have one called the Gavel Banger because he was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. That's a really great IPA. And they have one, his wife, her nickname was Nellie, and they have one called Nellie's Key Lime Ale that is also quite popular. So it's a great place to go. Oh, that's so cool that they're incorporating those nicknames and, and those memories into, into the beers. So that's that's always really awesome. Now, one of the things I always love to do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Cincinnati? The best place to go for pizza, I think, is uh, La Rosa's Pizza. Buddy La Rosa started his first pizza restaurant in the 1950s, and now there are probably, oh, easily two dozen of them around the city. It's a very authentic uh, Italian pizza, sort of a sweet red sauce, and uh, their pepperoni is is a particularly good one. So that's where I'd send you. Oh, that sounds delicious. My mouth is watering right now. It's uh, lunchtime as we're recording this, and uh, I'm envisioning it in my head right now. (laughs) Now, obviously, you wrote the book on Cincinnati, actually a couple of different books. And so you know a lot about travel and about the city and everything else like that. What's your best travel tip? As a travel tip, I'm going to say one more thing that I've overlooked in my talking here. It is right adjacent to the Riverfront Park, but it is the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center. It is a national museum that commemorates the people who escaped from slavery in the 19th century by coming along the Underground Railroad, which of course wasn't really a railroad. It was an escape route where people who were anti-slavery would house people and then they could travel at night and that sort of thing. Many people crossed over into the north where Ohio is because that was the, we were across the Mason-Dixon line. So you were getting out of slave country when you came here. So our Freedom Center 
focuses on those issues, but also other issues that are contemporary. Uh, everything from racism and equity to justice issues, uh, and it's a particularly timely museum in the world today. So I would really suggest that people uh, take that as a tip, book a visit to that that museum. Yeah, I think it's it's great that so many cities now, whether it's a new museum like here in, in Nashville, we have the, the National uh, African American Museum. Uh, we have that. We also even have uh, places like the Hermitage, where you know Andrew Jackson. They actually have uh, some aspects of their tour where they're talking about things from like from a slave perspective, everything else. So you're getting the other side of history that, for too many years, has been kind of ignored or whitewashed or, or whatever you want to call it. And so it's great that we're now bringing up some of these things that we kind of ignored in the past, you know. And so I think it's providing much more fuller picture. And although you may not agree with some of the things that happened in the past. It's good to know what happened from both sides. That way you can make sure we don't repeat those mistakes. In the lobby at the Freedom Center is a particularly sobering uh, example. It is called a slave pen. It looks like a small barn. They found this uh, on the remains of a plantation down in Kentucky and took it apart and brought it up and reconstructed it in their lobby. And it's a permanent exhibition now. But you can see where there were chains, skulls attached to the walls. And it was like a holding pen where enslaved people were kept until they could be sent off somewhere for auction. I mean, it's a brutal reminder of uh, how dreadful slavery was at the time, but uh, uh, really an interesting thing to see. For sure. Well, well, thank you for sharing all that. Again, Rick, I really appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing all these amazing tips. I know I learned a lot, and I'm sure the listeners did as well. Can you tell the audience a little more about what you do and talk about your books a little bit? And if somebody has questions, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Sure. I am a, a journalist here. I, I am retired from having having a boss. So I'm sort of my own boss now. But I, I'm a freelance journalist. So I do a lot of writing. I am a theater critic for our local weekly newspaper. And then I do some tour guiding for bus groups and such that come to town and really enjoy doing that. I am on the board of the Friends of Music Hall, that wonderful musical facility that I was mentioning to you. And uh, I don't give the tours there, but we have volunteers who do a wonderful job with tours. Over the last few years, I've written several books that are Cincinnati-focused. The first one that I did, which has had two editions, is called 100 Things to Do in Cincinnati Before You Die. And it's rather a bucket list of just fun things to do. I mean, if you were coming here for a visit, grabbing a copy of this one would give you a lot of things to do while you're here in town. And then more recently, just earlier this year, my second book came out. It's called Oldest Cincinnati. And it has about 90 items in it that are uh, historic and still visitable. Uh, one way or another, it's either an historic home or an old school or a church or a cemetery, all of those kinds of things that you could uh, drive around and visit. And I write uh, 300, 400 words about these. Uh, I've got some things in there about some of our historic breweries and churches, which have turned into craft breweries and things like that. So all are in that book called Oldest Cincinnati. Anyone who's interested in those books can go to my author website, which is Rick Pender Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S, that's all one word, my name, Rick 
penderwrites.com. You'll see writing about those books and then links to Reedy Press in St. Louis, who is my, uh, my publisher. On that site, you'll also see another book that I've done on a theatrical topic. I'm the author of a large reference volume about Stephen Sondheim, the musical theater composer. It's called the Stephen Sondheim Encyclopedia. Uh, So I have a varied array of books that are all available on my website. Well, fantastic. Well, we're going to include links to all that uh, in the show notes for sure. If somebody has questions about your books or about Cincinnati or any of the tours that you do, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? I am on social media. Probably the easiest way, though, for is for people to go to my website, and there's a link there that you can contact me through. The best way to reach me through Facebook is uh, 100, the number 100 things, Cincy, and an ampersand, oldest Cincy. What a fun conversation with Rick. I'm looking forward to catching a ball game and attending a performance when I visit. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Cincinnati. We want to say thank you to Cirque du Soleil for being today's sponsor. Intermission is over. Oh, by Cirque du Soleil is now performing only at Bellagio Las Vegas. Buy tickets now at cirquedusoleil.com forward slash O or learn how to enter one of three pairs of tickets by visiting today's show notes. Join us next time as we visit Osaka, Japan to speak with my new friend La Carmina of lacarmina.com. In this episode, Carmina and I talk about celebrating the Buddhist Oban holiday, the Hanami cherry blossom viewing, and touring the Osaka castle. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app, that way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <music>